let them do their thing. And most of them actually come in and buy something to right. hang out. Um, but I've, I've had the occasion where somebody comes in and they're causing a problem or being a nuisance, and you got to kind of shoo them out. And the smell is a nuisance. If you come yeah. in and you yeah. really, really smell, even if you're not causing like a physical, well, you are causing a physical you disorder. Yeah. You're causing, a, yeah, you're causing an olfactory, olfactory issue. And, uh, and I feel terrible, but what do you, Not, what do you do? You say, Hey, there's the showers in front of city hall right now. You can absolutely. run down there and you, you take your stank ass over there because not all homeless people stink that is that's not true yeah. it's you know but you know once you crap your pants if you don't wash them within like 30 minutes you can never get that smell the poop smell yeah, out of your pants so you, know, you can't it's like impossible and huh. the thing is like we <laughs> did have, not know that we do have free showers and that's the luxury of like you know living in a place where a lot of those who do are who are displaced have luxury and have that option oh can, you can hear me now yeah um have that option here to take a shower you know and i there's I, the lady downtown it's amazing she take took old buses and she she has like four of them now and she started with one and she divided the bus in half and she made two showers inside the bus and so when you walk up the stairs there's like this little ante room that's closed and they give you shampoo and soap and everything and you go and you take a nice warm shower that's awesome and then there's a little room it's all private where you get dressed again or whatever and she used to, yeah, she used to have one bus and now she has like four or five and just travels around the city and lets See? people know yeah. and says, hey, free showers. Which Whole Foods do you work at, by the way? Oh, I don't work at Whole Foods. Oh, I, 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 and I'm I won't, sorry, I, I won't mention my employer because you know oh. that, that I like working there. I don't want to <laughs> lose my job. I don't know, you know? why. I, I think you said, I, never mind, disregard. Yeah. It's customer service. Customer yeah, service. customer service. But uh, I think. Hey, Mutiny Radio listeners, we're uh, listening to an old vintage 2017. AltaCast, so uh, both the Sheriff of Truth and I are in the building, but uh, we're, we're, we're promoting for so many things. We both have a lot of activities uh, coming up here. So enjoy an old one for until we get on here. And she has a buddy that we're going to interview, a chef or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, his name is uh, Chef Joel Barisas, and uh, there's an event coming on for a pop-up this weekend at Word Cafe that I will be DJing, but he will be here at 3.30. 3.30 to 4 interview. Cool. All right. Uh, listen to us from far away, and then we'll be back. Trying to approach these things, government's afraid to make those distinctions because then you're highlighting groups within groups, and then people feel ostracized and singled out. Right. And so they try and create this panacea, and by doing so, they either, in San Francisco's case, really don't address the problem at all. Right. Or in New York's problem, they try and address it and wind up uh, becoming the bad guy because they're pushing the homeless to other areas are doing things different to, states well yeah. it's i was recently in new york and it was crazy i went to um one of these high-end four-story uh supermarket which it was mario batali's um <laughs> it's called italy and it's oh, everything's yeah. like from italy and it's all really cool and artisanal and great and the focaccia is amazing anyways it was like shoulder to shoulder in there and i couldn't believe i'm like man if i was questionably housed this would be the best place to create <laughs> shrinkage i mean they couldn't track you could like open up something and drink it and stand there it, it, there was so much food and so many people and so many employees and so many people that i could totally imagine a questionably housed person hanging in there all afternoon and being like no one's gonna even notice me yeah and i can eat some you know tasty snacks well yeah. I, I had a guy in the store the other day and i i was watching him because one he did have an order or two so you, right. you, you couldn't help but notice he was there whether you could see him or not but i uh, he was just kind of milling 
And every time you addressed him, he evaded. Oh. He, he, he wouldn't make eye contact. He just kind of shuffled somewhere else. And it, sure enough, he was trying to make a move to just grab something out of the cold case and walk out with it. Right. But because myself and my uh, shift lead at the time uh, were paying attention to him, he eventually got frustrated and just walked out. Right. He's like, I can't. You're watching me too closely yeah. for me yeah. to steal All right eyes now. on me. Yeah. Ah. Why are you looking at me? Why would you look at me? And that's when yeah. they create a nice disturbance. You say, because <laughs> you're talking really loudly but, right but now. But we've got another. Another guy who, who's a sweetheart comes in every day and we take care of him. Yeah. You know, we give him, you know, something small on the house um, because he's a nice guy and, you know, he's not trying to create, create a he's disruption. He's not trying to create trouble. Yeah. And, and if it's raining. Yeah. Why, not, why not take care of a fellow human being? I totally agree with what you're just uh, talking about, like how, you know, they lump uh, all homeless people as one big group. And, the th- and especially with those who have fallen on hard times, which is happening all over the place. Um, I watched this documentary a while back um, that was called uh, SF.0. It's okay. You don't have to go and watch it. I'm not endorsing it. But um, there was a gentleman who he had a a college degree. He was in his uh, late 50s, and he ended up living in the SRLs um, Mm. because he lost his job of downsizing he lost his home and what have you and he ended up homeless for a while and then now he's in these SROs and so it's stories like that you know that I I, I don't feel the government is doing enough to help those in the hard time rather than lump everyone into one big group like you're saying the category just as much as like there's mental health issues and we we in this country don't even discuss that there's just a pill for you, to take, <laughs> you know so that's another issue and then there's the assholes yeah you know so i mean I do think that we you know maybe it's just the pc side of me need to like kind of think about panning putting people into the whole group i guess i know i'm guilty of it yeah yeah well, painting people. Speaking of painting people into a group, I uh, looked up that report, the National Commission on Marijuana and Drug Abuse from 1972, and they actually have profiles of users: the experimental users, the intermittent users, the moderate to heavy users, and the very heavy users of marijuana. I thought it'd be fun to see <laughs> what very heavy Ooh. users, what yes. they say in 1972. That, that's, me. <laughs> that's me. I mean, I'm a very heavy user. Yeah. Like, I mean, I. It's, wow. A lot, a lot. Uh, very heavy users. The commission's analysis of frequency, quantity, and duration of marijuana use suggests that the United States is at the present time in a fortunate position. All of the studies available to the commission have indicated that only a minute number of Americans can be designated designated as very heavy marijuana users. These studies uniformly indicate that chronic, constant intoxication with very potent cannabis preparations is exceedingly rare in this country. <laughs> in the 70s, because I wasn't born yet. Yeah, bitches. The commission believes that important distinctions must be made between the daily, moderate and heavy American marijuana user and the very heavy hashish or charas user. I don't know what charas is. In other parts of the world where cannabis is widely cultivated and deeply ingrained. Many of the North African and Asian users do not employ the drug uh, only as an intoxicant. In the Western sense, instead, it is frequently used in folk medicine practice, in religious rites, and as a work adjunct, particularly in those occupations which are physically demanding, monotonous, unintellectual, and offer little possibility for advancement. It's so basically like go. farmers and you migrant all be, workers. Migrant workers. We'll be hot. Let's be hot. 
of course. In these countries, very heavy use is typically associated with young males from a lower socioeconomic background. Nonetheless, use is more widespread among all ages, and elderly chronic users are not uncommon. Generally, these very heavy users consume high amounts of very potent preparations continually throughout the day, so they are rarely drug-free. This is, this is me. Uh, these individuals evidence strong psychological dependence on the drug requiring compulsive drug taking. Clear-cut behavioral changes occur in these extreme cases. The very heavy user tends to lose interest in all activities other than drug use. A common <laughs> element of the behavioral pattern is lethargy and social deterioration. Not surprisingly, these users have been held in low esteem and very heavy use has been subjected to societal disapproval in almost all countries. Really? Hmm. 1972. That's 1972. Yeah. I guess moderate and heavy users, uh, it's at the moderate and heavy user who on the outside averaged 33 times a month, now averaged six and a half cigarettes a day. The range was three and a half to eight cigarettes. Oh, they're with marijuana cigarettes. Yeah. I see. I smoke more than that. I mean, I guess, I well, if that's what they're saying that. That's a J a day. It, Keeps the doctor away. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. No. Wow. Not at all. Wow! Shit! I wish I had a J right now. I know you don't have your you don't have your. Um, I'm out of oil. Thing. Oh, she's out of oil. Fuck! She's out of oil. I'm out of oil. Um, so I'm I'm just surprised that this I, the social impact of marijuana use. There's a whole thing here, um, and I. Marijuana and violent crime doesn't Uh-oh. exist. <laughs> As indicated earlier, the belief that marijuana causes or leads to the commission of violent or aggressive acts first emerged during the 1930s and became deeply embedded in the public mind. Until recently, however, these beliefs were generally based on the anecdotal case examples of law enforcement authorities, a few clinical observations, and several quasi-experimental studies of selected populations comprised of military offenders, convicted or institutionalized criminals, or delinquents, and small groups of college students. Uh, A few efforts were made to compare the incidence of violent or aggressive behavior in representative samples of both user and non-user population. Even in these early observations and investigations, however, no substantial evidence existed of a causal connection between the use of marijuana and the commission of violent or aggressive acts. Indeed, if any relationship was indicated, it was not a positive and direct causal connection, but an inverse or negative statistical correlation. So the higher you got, the less uh, violent you were. Right. Yeah. Duh. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, ah, let's, can we just not fight anymore? Like, let's just all get along and smoke a jack. I, I used to get in so many close encounters in bars when I was drunk, where, you know, it was like the next morning I wake up and be like, so how close was I to getting my ass beat? Right. You know? And, and ever since I switched the pot, I just stay home. What, you, what would you fight over people? Would you fight over girls or oh, something? Oh, no, you? it was more, um... People used to like to try and pick fights with friends of mine. Huh. And uh, Beer I, ha- muscles. I, I have this protective side to me where I'm like, no, I won't stand for that. That's not cool. So I'd step in and intercede and wow. bark beer the muscles. other guy down. But yeah. In the bar world, we call those beer muscles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because as a bartender, I get to see this shit on the, re- <laughs> well, not on the regular, but it's not unusual. And to me, it's just like alcohol is just so fucking dangerous, but sometimes tastes so good. Um, where it's just like you know of course you know people get so intoxicated they get angry and they don't know how to control themselves and that's why I think more police should smoke pot Mm. well most of them turn out to be alcoholics but they really should indulge 
Yeah. Uh, in some, the weight of the evidence is that marijuana does not cause violent or aggressive behavior. If anything, marijuana generally serves to inhibit the expression of such behavior. Marijuana-induced relaxation of inhibitions is not ordinarily accompanied by an exaggeration of aggressive tendencies. No evidence exists that marijuana use will cause or lead to the commission of violent or aggressive behavior by the large majority of psychologically and socially mature individuals in the general population. Thank you, 1972, for coming back and telling us what we already knew. Now, maybe if Jeff Sessions will read that. Right? I mean, maybe we should um, send it to him in the mail or something. Um, This is so we've been... We've been flying all over the place, but we're still on the drug policy minute. We're almost done. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. After this uh, drug policy minutes, we'll we'll take a little break. I think I might have some marijuana in my bag. Uh, we'll we'll I work know it I out. I have some. Uh, as the use of marijuana for medical purposes began to gain favor in the U.S., the Institute of Medicine decided to weigh in with a comprehensive review in 1999. This was not the first time the IOM had weighed in on the potential therapeutic benefits of marijuana. A 1982 report concluded cannabis and its derivatives have shown promise in the treatment of a variety of disorders. The evidence is most impressive in glaucoma, where the mechanism of actions appears to be different from the standard in drugs. In asthma, where the approach isoprotonol ineffectiveness. And wow, they're saying that marijuana is good for asthma? Did not know that. And uh, apparently it's as close as... uh a uh, uh, current pharmaceutically available uh, That's compound. That's crazy. I did not know that. And then the nausea and vomiting of cancer chemotherapy, where they compare favorably with phenothazolines. Smaller trials have suggested, can- suggested cannabis might also be useful in seizures, spasticity, and other nervous system disorders. Both reports from the Institute of Medicine were discounted in the political realm. We have a phone call. Phone call, phone call. Today's marijuana landscape in the United States is vastly different from the one in 1999. Currently, 28 states have medical marijuana laws, and 16 additional states have CBD laws. Yet last summer, the DEA announced that it would not reschedule marijuana, leaving it with the definition of having no medical value. Once again, the scientific community has come back with evidence against the Schedule 1 categorization of marijuana. Like the reports that came before it, the NAS report explicitly calls out marijuana's Schedule 1 status as a barrier that impedes the advancement of cannabis in cannabinoid research. Science has spoken again. Politicians have a choice. They can continue to ignore the evidence brought forth by the scientific community, or they can reevaluate how marijuana is regulated at the federal level. The people are waiting for an answer. This was written by Amanda Ryman, who is the manager of Marijuana Law and Policy at the Drug Policy Alliance. Here... Drug Policy Alliance, uh, like them. It, it, it sounds like Sweet Gail on the phone. You can put her on if you want. We can put her on. There you go. Uh, we're, I didn't know we're, we're getting so Sweet Gail in. The asthma would that be? Would they use like some kind of tincture or something? With the I wonder if you would smoke it and it would, you know, deliver. You would affect. Yeah. So hit the button and then hang up the phone. And then that's fascinating. And then we can that. hear her if you bring up the blue one. There we go. There's we get all bring it all the way up. Yes. Hey, Gail. Put me on the air. You're on the air, Gail. You're on the altar. Is that you, Pammy? It is. I tell you, did you hear that guy? I think Stephen Colbert. He he made up a new Christmas song. 
It's but it's January. It, it was 18th. nothing about Christmas is now. Christmas is now. So I was thinking I gotta make myself up a Christmas song. <laughs> so I came up with one, and I'm gonna because I like this one. Christmas is full of F's. Fruitcake, family and friends, and a lot of old fucks. That's what Christy say. Christmas is full of F's. Fruitcake, family and friends, and a bunch of fucks. And fuck you, an old fucking fucking shit. There you see, there's my Christmas song. Doesn't that want to make you all warm and snuggly? It is super warm and snuggly. What did you do for Christmas this year, uh, Gail? I periodically pop my pain pills because I'm on heavy-duty pain medication, which does help me, but I'm still in screaming pain. <laughs> wow. I mean, just imagine if I was one of those people that actually enjoyed pain, because I heard there's some people like that. They actually like to inflict pain on their body, and they get some kind of gratification from that. Imagine if I was one of those people. I would have all this built-in pain and enjoyment. Those are called CEOs. Unfortunately, I'm one of those people that are trying to get rid of it. Loop me, loop me, loop me. So, uh, Gail, what's your, uh, what, what's your favorite music to listen to? My favorite what? Music. What's your favorite, like, band? Oh, man, I like that old stuff, Pretty Woman. And Roy Bad, Orbison. Badly, Roy right. Brown. We'll, we'll play some and Roy that Orbison. one that Elvis says, Hunk a hunk a hunk a bird in love. You know, I like the old stuff. The new stuff, uh. You like the dustest. I don't know. I, it's just a lot of noise to me, banging around and noise and, and a lot of screaming and crap. Wait, what new stuff are you listening to? <laughs> what? I said, what, I what, new, like, stu- what oh. new stuff are you listening to? Me? Uh huh. Said, well, you said all no, the banging you, stuff around, cause. Oh, Jerry Lee Lewis. That was banging around. <laughs> yeah, but at least when he's saying something, you can figure out what he was saying. Right. Well, we're gonna play some Roy Orbison for you. You gonna play Pretty Woman? We're gonna play Pretty Woman. We are. Yeah, I mean, that's how many years old is that, and it's still better than a lot of this new shit that's out. Well, he's dead, so he doesn't have any new shit out. Of course he's dead. Well, I'm trying to figure out why these people embrace all this noise, and it makes no sense to me. You yeah, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me either. I'm still working on Justin Bieber. <laughs> well, he's ridiculous. Well, we're going to listen to some Pretty Woman uh, here for Sweet Gale. Well, that's Gale. why I say I'm ridiculous enough to make money in showbiz. I got to go because someone's knocking on my door. Okay, have yeah, a good day, Gail.
Thank you, sweet Gail, for having us listen to some Roy Orbison. Some old school uh, cool shits. Oh, real dusty. Oh, dusty. Now, this is exciting stuff. And um, I was talking with, I think it was Anna. No, it was on Monday with Alyssa Westerlund on Good News with Alyssa Westerlund. She said, I wish that we could just, everyone in jail for marijuana could just be let go. And, uh, you know, Barack Obama actually has uh, pardoned and given clemency to 273 more individuals. So Obama last year said that there were like 6,000 cases that they wanted clemency for. And he was like, I'm going to work as hard as I can. And he's done like... I think like 1,800 now. Some really great, wonderful yeah, number. But now we're up to, I'm sure they'll tell us in this. Uh, but this goes out to you, Alyssa Westerland, because uh, this is so funny. It was even, this came out yesterday. So you were on the 16th. So your wish was granted. You said you wanted yes. Barack Obama to grant clemency, and he did. Uh, advocates will push next administration on sentencing reform. Gratitude for Obama's actions put thousands but thousands remain behind bars. Today, President, this is yesterday. Today, yesterday, President Barack Obama commuted the sentences of 209 people incarcerated in federal prison and handed out 64 pardons. This brings the number of prisoners who have been granted clemency under Obama to 1,597. Yay! Yeah. So yep. His goal, I think, was 1,800, but he's really close. And yeah. I thank you, Obama. The commutations and pardons uh, represented the Obama's administration's push to overhaul the criminal justice system, system, making it fairer while saving the government money. President Obama has been pushed to do more to release those serving time in prison under harsh drug laws that have imprisoned an enormous amount of individuals. Just last week, President Obama wrote an article in the Harvard Law Review outlining his administration's work on criminal justice reform. These could possibly be his last round of commutations. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Latoya. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just saying yay. Yay, yeah. That's all. Uh, Please continue. Yeah, uh, I'm excited about his uh, I know Chelsea Obama writing for Harvard. Uh, yep. So we are grateful for President's actions, but his new Congress must now step up to the plate on sentencing reform, said Michael Collins, Deputy Director of National Affairs at the Drug Policy Alliance. There are still thousands of people in prison serving unfair sentences for drug offenses, and we need to fix that. Advocates fear that Donald Trump will take a tougher approach to criminal justice, but were heartened when House Speaker Paul Ryan and Senate Judiciary Chair Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, is IA Iowa, recently committed to moving sentencing reform in this Congress. There are thousands of people in prison who should be also be granted their freedom by President Obama, said Tony Papa, media relation manager for the Drug Policy Alliance, who was granted clemency in New York State in 1997 after serving 12 years under the Rockefeller drug laws for a first-time nonviolent drug offense. Papa, who wow. recently received a pardon from the state of New York, just released his new book, This Side of Freedom, Life After Clemency, which highlights the roadblocks he faced after he was released. I am praying that Obama grants every single one of them clemency before he leaves office so they can have a second chance with their lives. Yeah, he uh, granted uh, Chelsea Manning and Oscar Lopez Rivera. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Lopez Rivera was uh, part of the the people who wanted the Puerto Rican independence. Oh. And he had been jailed since 1981. And there's also Chelsea uh, Manning. 
and some people might know her she was um one of the officers that kind of uh heard a little dirty secret about uh how the american military was actually killing uh civilians Ooh. um and she i think she posted it on wikileaks or what have you yeah Do that, I have that she right? was she was the first person to be held up for the wiki wikileaks type dump. did they yeah. call that treason what did they call it that's, they did that's call it treason, treason. Yeah. yeah and you know you can be executed for that right summarily Scary. executed by hanging actually wow by hanging yeah by hanging that's a terrible way to go yeah but but like it's quick but i think one of the reasons why she you know got her case overturned was the fact that mattered we were killing civilians right right it was our dirty laundry coming out yeah well it it wasn't that uh she's still guilty because her her sentence was commuted commuted excuse me yeah she uh she served seven of 35 years of her sentence so uh you know she's still guilty in the eyes of uh the american people and also the government but uh, at least she's out now yeah because she i don't think she was doing well in prison i think no. I, I think she she had a lot of prob- health problems going on uh partly because of the transition and partly just being in jail yeah i don't think anybody does well in prison i mean no. i i mean maybe martha stewart martha, was the I only was one who turned martha it around yeah. <laughs> um but that's the thing but, is, but she's, Martha, hers is different. Her her jail is different anyway because she was a rich person and they took care of her. And well, no, she, she also would, started hanging with Snoop Dogg, so exactly, she's figured out how to mellow out. That. You know, it, I was just right. getting ready to say that like, they're going to do a cooking show together. They already did. Oh, they did it already. It, yeah, it was actually pretty funny. Really, I, I heard it must have been hilarious. Yeah, I was. It was pretty funny. I watched a couple episodes. Yeah, so I would say Martha Stewart. Yeah, because she's everybody now. Everybody likes Martha. Yeah. Martha I mean, and Snoop's. Potluck dinner party. Yeah. Yep. Pot yep. luck. luck. On Watch pot. full episodes on VH1. Uh, they've got Snoop adds hood flavor to Martha's gingerbread house <laughs> and go sweet or savory with these holiday dishes. I think that we need to look this up on YouTube and we need to check one of these. <laughs> oh, motherfuckers, out. I, I watched that on Ellen, and it was a stitch because, you know, they come out, and Ellen said something about something being sticky, and Snoop said, my fingers are still sticky from backstage. And Martha goes, Snoop, you can't talk like that now. And uh, the, here we, I was we even have the, we'll, we'll even, we'll, we'll yeah, play we'll, the clip because we'll, it exists. Martha Stewart and Snoop Jog share a taste of their new show on Ellen. Good times. We're moving uh, to the lighter note of the show. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Well, I, I got to tell you, I love Snoop Dogg. Did and I love Martha Stewart. Like, I, there couldn't be two people that I'd want to see more of. So Martha has been here uh, recently. You've not been here in nine years since you've been, been here. Been that long? Yeah, nine years. I don't know what happened. Oh. How come? I don't know. You were with my mother last time, remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. What a lady. Yeah. She. What a, <laughs> she said, "What a man." Um, <laughs> you were since since you've been here. You were Snoop Dogg when you were here. Yeah. Then you became Snoop Lion uh-huh. as Snoop Adelic, uh, uh-huh. Snoop Zilla, uh-huh. and now you're back to Snoop Dogg. I found my way back home. All right. All right. <laughs> Snoop Zilla. Yeah. <laughs> What are you making? What kind of cocktail? This is called the laid back. And what it is, it's a <laughs> Tangeray tin uh-huh. mixed with some Ciroc apple with a little bit of club soda. And then we have an ice ball that Martha's going to start, you know. I like making ice balls for yeah. my drinks. Uh, Have you ever made one? I don't know what an I ice ball I never knew what an ice ball oh, was this either. This is very heavy. This oh, thing. man. It's amazing so, when she makes these so. balls come out. 
no, that just no, the weight of this just it reduces that square of ice to the most perfect ball. Wait till you see. Really? The yeah. I've never ice. known it. I can see it's melting already. Yeah, it melts yeah. it. It's okay, so no we're heat. making a ball right now, and yeah. in the meantime. In the meantime, in between time, I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on, where's my little mixer at? Right there, right there, that little glass thing. This right here? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Martha and Snoop are fucking. See, Martha has to always correct me in the kitchen because she's my teacher. She's teaching me how to so learn. So this is Jen and that's Teaching vodka? me how to learn. <laughs> she's teaching me how to learn. You know we do this. Better than one. And what? What's that? Club soda. A little bit of clitting up because you know we may be in the club later. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put a little bit of that is an apple. Pineapple, that is. Uh-huh. Not a regular apple. No. And then, no, 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 not regular. And then how do I shake it, Martha? There's Talk the to top me. right there. This is the top? Yeah. This goes on there? That goes on there. Tight. 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 Okay, now shake. This is all your bling, Martha. It is. Yeah, Snoop has his bling around his neck, you know, and I have my bling in the kitchen. This is yeah. bling. That's bling. Oh, I'm like shooting dice now. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get it nicely mm. mixed, you take the top and put it back over there. You make a nice glass for your first guest. Look. Wow, look at that. It's a beautiful little ice so ball. So the heaviness or is there heat in there as no, well? No, no heat. Just, just the heaviness and the kind of metal it is just melts that square. So you make one, Andy's trying to move us along, but it makes one ball at a time. Yeah, so one at a time. You just have to make a lot of square ball, squares bite. and then how's mm -hmm. the taste? I need my ball. Give me a okay. ball. Oh, here. Thanks, Martha. There. That I is you, actually too good because you wouldn't know there's mm. alcohol in it. Right? You drink I that would. You right? drink that real fast. <laughs> hey, we usually have a toast. Do we have to have a toast oh, yes. to the All boogie? Right. To success and nothing less. We back on Allen. <laughs> So this is fun. This is, um, we wanted to... What are they going to make now? The kinds of things we cook on the show. Not simple all the time. This no. is gnocchi. Oh, they're going to make gnocchi. gnocchi. Yeah. Do you like gnocchi? Oh, yeah, I love it. Do you know how to spell okay. it? Uh, Y-N-O-K-I. <laughs> <laughs> no. That sounds like some Hawaiian. All right. So here's a little piece for you, Ellen. Put we some flour down, and, and bench flour, we call it. And roll that into roll a little piece of that into a snake. You can use that as your cutter. Here, Snoop. It, she, this is too easy. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna stop this. But we're gonna look for another. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see their actual show. Uh. Snoop <laughs> makes mashed potatoes with Martha. There you go. Uh, the game of things with Miley Cyrus, Martha Stewart, and Snoop Dogg. What is going on? Yeah, it's being. That's Ellen. It was Ellen being oh. cute. I see. I see. I see. Um, actually, I think that this one is actually from the actual Martha Stewart show, and he he's on there with. I I find this fascinating that the two of them are now like a thing. Here here's Snoop Dogg again. again. Uh -huh. um, the potatoes have been boiled. Here, I've never done it with a machine. Yeah, that, well it's easy. So how do you do it with the? Yeah, we in the hood. We like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so just peel the potatoes. Oh, this is from uh, back you can peel them with your fingers. Wow. They've been friends forever. Like, yeah. No, this one. This one needs to be peeled. See. Like this. Just take the peels off. Peel. Like making fresh fries. The skin. We make. Fries. <laughs> She's That's yelling cool. at him like no, my no, mom no, would no, yell no, at just me. Just the skin. Just just the skin. Look. This. You just peel the skin off. Oh, you want me to take the skins in yeah, off of it? The skins in. There Whatever. It is. The tater chip wrapping. Okay. So you have a you have your own vocabulary. Now you are really responsible for your vocabulary, right? You are the inventor of it. Yeah, so much, so much. Okay. And does everybody understand you? I mean, do your kids you know, understand you? No, they don't. 
And, and you know what's crazy, Martha? What? I don't even understand it, so that's oh. the great part about it. <laughs> you just have fun with it. I just it. have fun talking. And so uh, you have a new album coming out yes, or, uh, for Christmas, right? Yeah, I put out oh, so, a Christmas. Like, are you going to sing like traditional Christmas? Oh, no. Oh, no? Santa Claus. I got songs like Santa Claus Go Straight to the Ghetto. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So this is this is going to be a wrap. Look a at him peel this album. potato. He's like daintily peeling, like okay, yeah. tiny little Quite bits. Different. Yeah, he, he's okay, not so using that, a potato okay. peeler. Perfect. He's using his fingers. See, he's a, he's a perfectionist. Now, you know that. In there, and we'll just mash, mash those up and put the whole stick of butter. The whole thing? Yeah, we love butter. Don't you love is butter? This bar, is this parquet or margarine? No, no, this is butter. This is butter? Real butter. I used to like that commercial. Unsalted butter, and look. Parquet. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like, we, I use real butter. I don't, I don't use uh, parquet. Is that butter, too? No, this is cream cheese. How, Can I get a little and cream cheese, she does it right. How high is Snoop Dogg? Oh, 11. Hi. Out of 10. As fuck. Yeah. And I put cream cheese in my mashed potatoes too, Martha. Ditto. This Really? Ditto. Absolutely. Ditto. You just have to watch. You have to put enough salt because sometimes it, it blands it out too much. This is one of my favorite clips ever of Martha. It's when she got out of prison and um, David Spade came on and she taught him how to do things with prison stuff. Like, like one of the things is Commissary making food. Right, right, but making prison nachos. Like how do you oh make God. a greater this is it was great and I have never seen this this one. this one is great. This is Martha Stewart Davis Bay. Well please welcome my alter ego, the very, very funny David Spade. <laughs> Dragging a fluffy dog. Everyone in the audience is wearing like the ponchos that her inmate knit for her too. Well, David, welcome. I see you have your ankle bracelet, yeah. your poncho, and uh, poor little Francesca. Yeah. You're holding her by the ear. Hey, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> well, you're not going to need Super that. right here. You're not going to need that ankle bracelet any longer. Can you just? All right, let's get up there. That's not there. I just want to show you my clog. <laughs> David likes the clogs. Yeah. I think he's going to adopt them. I'm getting every color. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is uh, Francesca and this is uh, Paprika. <laughs> her, her dogs are named Chinchin and Papa. They're friends. Well, well you know, I, was, I, I really sort of enjoyed watching the skit. You, you made fun of a very serious thing, you know. Yeah, I got a little scruffy in there. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. But I thought, uh, I thought you uh, played me very well. All in good fun, And yeah. my, my DVD is almost worn out from showing it. I, oh, I, I show it to everybody who comes for dinner. because I So think do it's so I. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's, there wasn't the thing. Dang it. Um, I was hoping that you guys would be able to see that. Well, I love David Spade. And I and I love I love that Martha's back. Uh, Her prison was like more of like a nice uh, country club or camp, though, right? I, I don't... high-end prison. Probably. I mean, I think, okay, so... I think they had tennis courts. Have you... Yeah. <laughs> they have tennis courts. Have you seen Orange is the New Black? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. So the last season where they left us off, we have the Martha Stewart esque character, but it's like Martha Stewart meets Paula Dean, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. And she's had the ecstasy, and she's like, and now she's like, I'm stuck in the prison now. Um, but I'm sure it was similar to that, right? Where 
No. She was in a real prison, but it was like, I'm motherfucking Martha Stewart. Like, I'm, you get me, I want, you, you know, like, she couldn't have eaten regular prison oh, food. Oh, no, no, I she definitely I can't yeah. imagine no, that. No, no, she had decent food. I, I think there, there are pictures of her in prison on the internet. Yeah. Well, let's look those up. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that you guys are also interested. I mean, I think, I can't believe that she's... Do you know she's 71? Really? She's, she she's, looks good. She's like she looks really Dick good. Clark, the new Dick Clark, she never ages. I mean, well, Dick Clark did after that stroke. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you but, know, yeah. that was a quick decline. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel for the guy. He, he, he truly was an icon. Yeah. And now look. Well, he's dead. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Martha Stewart. Well, so this is funny, too. Um, when Martha Stewart was indicted, I um, actually dressed as, for Halloween, I dressed up as Martha Stewart in prison, and I wore, like, a jumpsuit. And I, That was the um, hot outfit that year. Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> Martha Stewart living, decorating small spaces, irresistible recipes with bread and water. <laughs> <laughs> And crafts, ideas with silver bracelets. Um, I looked up Martha Stewart in jail, and I and I don't. Uh, I'm not seeing Aww. real pictures oh, of her. That 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 blue cell looks. Oh, that's not real. Martha Stewart prison cell picture. This is a joke. This nah, has got to be yeah, a joke. That, that, now I can. It, when yeah. it was small, it looked more realistic. Right now, there's Martha Stewart cooking with her thing. I, I mean, I just. She really. She. She's a person who she went to jail, and, and it didn't it didn't affect her that much after with her. And I think it actually helped her. I, I think it helped her. It do, it totally helped her with her cool status. Yeah, it totally did. You know, usually she's like one of the first people I can remember like getting out of jail and not feeling like like shit. She's just like, yeah, I went to jail, but I'm gonna continue with my show. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then I'm gonna hang out with some real niggas. Right. Ah. Well, now, and and her and her her cookbooks are pretty amazing. I mean, <laughs> I have a bunch of them. So, uh, is, is is that the only person you favorite is not person a out of prison? Pam, is it what out of is prison? That, is that your only favorite person out of prison? Yeah, I really don't have any other. I, I, let's see, maybe Nelson Mandela. He was pretty yeah. cool, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, pretty cool when he got out of prison. How dare us not mention him? Right. Well, and it was. Um, did anybody do anything special for Martin Luther King Day on 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 a uh, Monday? I uh, no, I, I was black. I worked. I was black. I was black. That's all. Is that what you did for? That's what you did for Martin Luther King Day. You were black. I was black. Yeah. And nothing happened. So that's a good thing. That was a good this, MLK day. This is. Uh, we found. I found this. Take a tour of America's cushiest prison. Uh, nobody wants to go to prison, but following the recent sentencing of Rajat Gupta for insider trading, we wondered where white-collar criminals would go if they had to. In choosing America's fanciest prison, we considered whether they had high-profile nonviolent inmates and what kind of amenities they offer. Federal prison camp in Alderson, West Virginia is our pick. This is the women's prison where Martha Stewart spent five months in 2004 and 2005. Other famous inmates have gone there too. They got to enjoy yoga and other luxuries other uh, inmates in other prisons don't have. Uh, the 159-acre minimum security prison camp is nestled in the scenic hills near Greenbrier State Forest on the bank of the Greenbrier River. The small town of Alderson, West Virginia is located east across the river. 
want to see more. The, the, oh, here we go. There are all the... The Greenbriars where uh, the president goes to play golf, and uh, there's uh, the emergency nuclear bunker under the hotel there. Wow. What? The main entrance to FPC uh, Alderson, it says uh, the Department of Justice, Bureau of Prisons, blah, 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 authorized traffic only. It's actually kind of a pretty little gate. It's really nice. Built in 1928, the prison is actually the first federal prison for women. The prison camp follows a reformatory model in which cottages are built around unfenced grounds. The low security prison had one famous escapee. Um, and it says, source Paula Johnson, Inner Lives, Voices of African American Women. Oh, that's in prison. an ad. Oh, that's an Ah, I see. Uh, Lynette Squeaky Fromm was sentenced to life in prison after her attempt to assassinate President Gerald Ford in 1975. She escaped Alderson in 1987, but was recaptured two days later and was ultimately re- released in 2009. So here, here uh, more and more I want to know about this cushy prison. Oh, this is nice. Class taught in the 1930s. There's a picture of ladies learning. <laughs> During her time at Alderson, Fromm had access to a wide range of educational courses from GED classes to college classes to vocational training. The prison also had a number of recreational classes. Yoga, which Martha Stewart reported, reportedly started, fitness, aerobics, cosmetology, and stress relief. There's Martha. Martha was sentenced to five months in prison after she was found guilty of insider trading, which everybody does, by the way. She told the Washington Post that her daily interactions with staff and fellow inmates here at Alderson are marked by fair treatment and mutual respect. Fans sent her more than 15,000 emails her first month there. I wrote her an email. Really? (laughs) A typical prison cell at FCP Alderson. It doesn't look that cushy. I mean, it's a bunk and a bunk and a little area and a... There's a window. All inmates have access to email at five cents per minute, a common area, television room, and library. There's also an electronic library, law library, a hospital, a chapel, and an education building. It doesn't, it doesn't look that cushy. Well, that's pretty. FCP's Alderson's main building. When she wasn't getting fan mail, Stewart did maintenance, including scrubbing floors and cleaning offices. All inmates must hold jobs at the prison unless they have a medical condition which prohibits them. Most inmates get holidays off. In addition, apprenticeship programs are offered for teacher assistants, cooks, electricians, among others. All right. Inmates walking on the grounds within the complex. And when they're not working, they can wander the grounds. Inmates are allowed to exit the buildings after the morning count, but must sign out and specify where they are going. And they have to return to their dorms by 4 p.m. I guess normal prisons are not allowed to walk around. Do this, this, this sounds like boarding school. Yeah, it totally does. There's a picture of a sewing course in the 30s and 40s at Alderson. Like, like I'm pretty waspy, and this sounds like my middle school. Right? Yeah. In the 30s and 40s, sewing was part of the vocational training program. And during that era, the prison had perhaps its most famous inmate... I want it to be Marilyn Monroe. Did she go to that? Billie Holiday. The jazz singer and songwriter served time in the 1940s for drug possession. What? Uh, Okay, so there we go. That that was the America's cushiest uh, prison. Heroin, by the way. Heroin. It was heroin. It was heroin. That's how she could sing so well. (laughs) Uh, So... We'll do well one last Martha thing here. This is this is their this is their tr- super trailer. I can't believe I haven't seen this yet, and it premiered November seventh. 
Yeah. I can't believe I didn't know this existed well, now you can well, until it. now. It's on VH1. It's easy to miss. It's yeah. Well, and I don't have a TV anyway, so. Welcome. You too. I'm you are cordially invited. Three cheese pizza with spinach and mint and a topping of delectable black truffles. <sighs> it sounds delightful. So delicious. <laughs> Just to clarify, I'm not high right now. But whoever gave us this show, they must have been. There's like cheerleaders in the background. Welcome to Martha and Snoop's hot luck dinner party. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna start throwing dishes unless we get going. Yeah, let's go then. You're sexy, you look amazing. You're raising my temperature. Give it to him, Martha. <laughs> you are definitely hood certified, baby. I'm excited to be here. This is the weirdest group of people ever on a stage together. <laughs> I make fried chicken a wee bit better than Snoop. Oh, Snoop, look at this. Oh, wow, look at this. <laughs> it's a piece of weave in there. <laughs> Martha, let me try that again. I want to add the truffle topping. It's like a mushroom. It's like a mushroom. Do it do what mushrooms do? Because if it is, I'm a fan of truffles now. <laughs> you can grate the nutmeg. You want me to break these nuts? No, I want you to grate them. Grate these nuts? Great. <laughs> oh, grate these nuts? So there it is. Snoop and Mark. I can't believe I didn't know about that. Yeah, that was a couple months ago. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm lost in Mutiny Radio. I like every, everything, everything here. I'm such, I'm, I've said it before too. I'm like, I'm a selfish, horrible person. Like everyone else's lives continue going on and like, there's supposed to be another wedding this Friday, and I'm like, God, I can't. Oh, wow. I don't really, I don't really want to go because I've got a happy hour. I mean, I guess I can, I can have people sub and be there, but I'm like, yeah, I'd rather just stay at the station. I don't really no, want to go to the wedding. What am I going to wear? Uh, well, and that's the thing. I, I at this point, I hate weddings. I think they're so pointless and stupid. I love uh, weddings. The reception is my favorite. <sighs> You know, and I just don't even, I don't even, I don't even care that much. I feel like the reception is so that you can like give them a gift. I just, I no. feel like it's so. Yeah. For the little cocktail shrimp and shit. Cocktail and, shrimp. And like open bar. Yeah, man. Yeah, the food's never as good as you think it's wanted to, to be. Weddings. Oh man. Go, I, I, I just, I don't want to go to this wedding this weekend. <laughs> I, I just like, yeah. I just rather stay here and listen to comedy. Is that awful? That's, no, it's kind no, of that's, bad. That's, that's good. Cool. You know, I got my uh, fraternity brother the best wedding gift. Yeah. I got him bed sheets. <laughs> and I, I wrote this cute little note in it about never going to bed angry and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, really I sent them because uh, now he'll have to think of me every time he does it with his girl. <laughs> Thinks of you every time. That's, that's, or uh, when she gets her period. Ooh. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been doing a terrible... <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've ridden the dragon you. before. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I just I, that was off the top. You've of my got head. you. In other words, we call it. You got your red wings. Oh, that, oh, that just, oh, that sounds awful. I learned that in high school. I, I just I haven't had sex in so long. I don't even remember what it's like. What's that? I, 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 it's, been, it's been I I don't even well that's so funny. The, I think the my last mommy time, and daddy do it. The last time I had sex, I was blackout drunk, and that's the oh only God. time I've had it in this new year. So in this new year, the only time I've had sex, I don't remember it. Wow. Listeners, so, we don't we don't want you to have blackout. Well, drunk it sex. wasn't my fault. Um, 
It, it was, was the alcohol. I fault. no, I didn't know that the uh, the second was a Monday, and so it was a bank holiday. And so I went to go get food at my favorite bar. I'd, I'd had a couple drinks, and it was done with Joke Workshop, and I was like, I need to get food. Went to the bar and um, ordered drinks before we realized that the kitchen was closed. And then I had to drink these two IPAs, and it was already after 9 o'clock, and, you know, and I hadn't eaten anything, and I... I had a couple IPAs here at the station during Joke Workshop, and so I think it was only five IPAs, but but no food. But with no food, like I blacked out. You, you know, Shit. I I once wound up dating a lawyer for three months because I blacked out because I forgot to eat all day. We went on this date, and I had three 11% IPAs. Yeah. And I I I know I walked her home because I have a vague recollection of that, but I don't remember the most of the date. So I texted her the next day. I was like, I'm so sorry if I was a mess last night. Blah blah blah. blah. Can we have a do-over? And she goes, No, you were fine. Right? And then you know the next night I'm having this conversation where it's like, Hey, you know, we've only got like a month, maybe three months before I got to skip town and move into San Francisco. This is when I lived in Brooklyn. Right. And uh, she goes, yeah, you told me all that last night. <gasps> and I was like, oh, so you're, you're, you're down for that. You're cool. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm really embarrassed that I have to be told twice. But, you know, at least right, we're on right, the same right, page. Right. Wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> Kids Wait. don't drink. Yeah. Well, saying. or I, I mean, I never. I, and that's the same thing. Is I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm telling the same stories over and over. And I, Although, I, I guess actually, actually, you know, based on how well that relationship went, because it was kind of this mutual fun thing. I, yeah. Drink a lot. Drink, drink, drink tons because ever since then I've just had no good luck. Well, and there's a there's a thing that happens with I, I thought you went you were like you had a relationship for three months and you didn't remember it, but people who used to take Ambien, which is oh. like a forced blackout, which is like drinking too much, you just don't create memories. There have been people who have had total relationships on Ambien and oh. they don't understand. In the morning he's a big jerk and she's like, last night we named all of our children like we were talking about babies and getting married and he's like you're an insane person and like would accuse her of being absolutely crazy and she's like didn't realize until way later that it was the Ambien wow <laughs> yeah I don't fuck with Ambien and I've either. been blacked out but you know whatever it happens just don't be sloppy about it. That's all. Well, that, I can't tell if I'm being sloppy, which is the bummer. I hope I'm not being sloppy because I've had to do that apologizing the next day, too. Like, I am so sorry if this date went. And they're like, oh, no, you said we were talking politics and you're into it. But everything else was fine because that's my go-to when I guess when I get blackout. You, I get you talk my, about politics? I totally get on my soapbox and I start talking politics, which is why I don't know. But it's like it, that's the one thing I start talking about and I go on a rant. And I've heard this from many, many, many of my friends. So that's when people that's know like, funny. oh, she's gone. <laughs> Put her to bed. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe it just turns me on. I don't know. I I, I have an issue now with uh, it was with drinking too, but smoking weed and getting horny. <laughs> like every time I smoke, I'm like, God, I am horny. <laughs> but I'm too, you know, lacking motivation to get off the couch and do anything it's about it. Like, <laughs> it's too because everything's so far. <sighs> yeah, the phone's too hard to operate. Is that all you got to do? You just got to get that text out there, and just the ladies that, just come a flocking. Send that text. Uh, so we're gonna listen to a little Snoop Dogg here. This is Smoke Weed Every Day, Every Day. <laughs> 
fucking Eagle Double G. Snoop Dogg. You know what happened with the D R E. DPGC, my nigga, turn that shit up. CPT, LBC, yeah, we hooking back up. And when they bang this in the club, baby, you got to get up. Thug niggas, drug dealers, yeah, they giving it up. Low life, yo life, boy, we living it up. Taking chances while we dancing in the party for show. Slip my hoe a 44 when she got in the back door. Bitches looking at me strange, but you know I don't care. Step up in this motherfucker just to swing in my hair. Bitch, quit talking, quit walk if you're down with the set. Take a bullet with some dick and take this dope on this jet. Out of town, put it down for the father of rap. And if your ass get cracked, bitch, shut your trap. Come back, get back, that's the part of success. If you believe in the X, you'll be relieving the stress. It's the motherfucking DRE. Dr. Dre, motherfucker. You know I'm mobbing with the DO double G. Straight off the fucking streets of CBT. King of the beach, you ride to him in your fleet. Whoop, the field rolling on dubs. How you feel? Whoop de whoop, nigga, what? Dre and Snoop chronic down in the lag. With Doc in the back, sipping on yak. Clipping the strap, dipping through hood. Compton, Long Beach, Inglewood. South Central, out to the west side. This California love, this California bug. Got a nigga gang of pub. I'm on one, I might bell up in the Century Club. With my jeans on, and my team's drunk. Get my drink on, and my smoke on. Then go home with something to poke on. Up, Locus on for the two triple O. Coming real, it's the next episode. Episode, episode, episode. Hold up. Niggas who be thinking we soft, we don't play. We gon' rock it till the wheels fall off. Hold up, wait. Oh, my niggas who be acting too bold, take a seat. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey, smoke weed every day. special it's the last hurrah of the season before we all go on diets speak for yourself martha <laughs> the only diet i go on is a gin and juice cleanse <laughs> as you can see we're really getting into the holiday spirit here and over here I'm especially proud of this festive gingerbread house. I love gingerbread houses. Ooh. What the heck? <laughs> Did you touch my gingerbread house? Yes, but I made some renovations. <laughs> it's the holiday. And we should think about the gingerbread people who have fallen on hard times. Maybe their neighborhood went south and bad cookies parked right on the front lawn. Maybe their kids got bullied by other gingerbread kids who threw their sneakers up on the power lines. And their electricity got turned off, so they had to run a long licorice cord from the house to next door. Well, I really feel like the property value of my gingerbread house is going down and down and down. That's what I'm talking about, Martha. They had to put candy bars on the windows to keep out the riffraff. 
So there you have it, Martha. It's round the way Willie wants. <laughs> I think I need a drink now. I'm right behind you. Wow. And that's an example of Martha and Snoop Dogg together. They're acting. That's awful. They're, their scripting is really bad. Yep. And uh, I'm wondering where their teleprompters were for that little uh, thing. They've got carolers on the set. But at least they're committing to the bit, right? They're committing <laughs> to the bit. Absolutely. To the corniness. Yes. Commit yeah. to your corniness. Oh, God. Uh, well, Martha and Snoops, you guys can find it. They, It's like, so are they selling out or buying in? I think both. I honestly think both. Because they're... Their yeah. their names are already you already know them by names everybody knows them it's the fact of like they're crossing different demographics yeah, of they, people and I think that part is cool they they know their brands and they know they're a product at this point so they just gotta relabel and market the product yeah. well and they're calling it the potluck dinner party this is yeah. basically Martha Stewart saying I'm okay with weed I'm a cool old lady here's another one this is she probably knows her how to bake with it's about we trees. Have a mantle, please. We still had stockings. We hung them by the door or where we can hang them at. No, we, we had a big tree. And uh, one year I covered my tree in blue angel hair. It looked so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst decoration I ever did. She's so, so like high right trees? now. Because I like white trees. Oh, no. I have, I have, I, I think I have about 25 trees in my house at Christmas time. I like the white ones. I have they gold so trees, cute. white trees. I have a pink tree. I have a tinsel tree. I have a turkey feather tree. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. coming over. Yeah. Don't you, you worry about that. So many trees. Every room has at least two or three trees in it. Well, my, I have a lot of trees. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Even the DJ is laughing. I, knew I have it was a lot coming. of trees at my house I knew in different coming. rooms as well, Mark. <laughs> I have trees upstairs, downstairs, <laughs> in my man cave. There are trees everywhere. Do you trees have a man cave? Trees yeah, under the seat, cave. trees in the trunk. I guess <laughs> I guess I would be considered a, a botanist, right? Definitely. Yeah. Arborist. Uh, arborist? Yes. Arborist with a little botany in it. <laughs> okay. So Pam, I suggest you when you have nothing else to do. Or the next time you're sick, just binge watch. Oh, them. I'm gonna binge watch them. I won't I make know. us watch anymore. I just think it's crazy that <coughs> what's okay. What's happening in the world that this is possible? I think it's that's become awesome. socially acceptable. Yeah, I think it's. It's awesome. that weed is fine, and we're all like on board with it. Yep. And that's that's why Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart can have a show together called Potluck Dinner Party. Thank God. Thank God for America, right? See, that's the cool part of, about America. About America. Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter, you're getting these two people who would never step foot in either each other's world, but you have them doing this. You know, I, I think that shit's dope as hell. I really do. I, I actually... I, I, I think I the show's corny, but... Yeah, yeah it's know. super corny. Well, corny. I mean, they, they have to make it safe for the Midwest, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm from there. You don't have to play it. We don't always like things yeah. too safe. It, I, I was watching a documentary the other night on Netflix. 
because you know. And, which uh, which one? This, I've been. I'm I also. I think this one was called Stevie. Stevie. Or Steven or Stevie. It's about this guy who. Uh, oh, I watched this too. He goes back to the kid he was yes. a foster kid for. Yes. He was a big brother, like yes. big brothers and sisters. Yes. And the kid wound up having a miserable life after right. he left. Right. Yeah. And, and then he turned out to. Well, I, I, I won't. Go it's okay. It. He doesn't spoil it too much. He, yeah, he kind of becomes a child monster. Yeah. He became. Stevie. And, and, this is this. Yeah. Is it. Stevie or Steven, one of those, or something like yeah. that. He has a retarded girlfriend. Yeah, mentally handicapped, yeah. Right. I was a special ed teacher for four years, so I get to throw the word retarded around. It's fair. I, I don't, so. I was married to a black guy, but I still don't use the N-word. <laughs> Even though 13 years, Dude, still can't think, do it. I think your hat is retarded, and that means cool. Oh. It used to. Right. Well, and, but like I, mean like, yeah. I mean it I like, I mean it like actually like there. Yeah. Oh, we have to retard your behavior right now. <laughs> Uh, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I forgot story. the point of that one. Yeah, <laughs> I had a point. That he didn't smoke enough weed. Um, well, well, actually, he did smoke a lot of weed in that movie. But uh, I only made it about halfway in. But there was something, something very interesting about it related to the last thing we were talking about. But I'm so high, I can't remember what that was. So child molester. Weird, weird things happening in. Well, I, I, I we were watching the. Child we can, we can Sherlock this train. We can find that thought. That I don't, thought I don't know track. if it was a good enough thought to continue down that well, track. Well, the, the, the Stevie thing is it well and it'll bring me to this netflix is shaping all of our worlds i mean i i watched one last week and i cried and cried uh. it was awful it was it was great but it was terrible it's this one um about the the girls who get gang or get raped and then they're even videotaped and they show pictures around and then the guys just totally get off <sighs> this Ew. marysville case this um this poor girl daisy and this one girl killed herself these guys she went to a party and she got super wasted and she went upstairs. They, somebody carried her upstairs and then they got markers and they drew all over her like slut bag and you know, whatever, like, you know, insert here. But then a guy actually fucked her with the pen and left it in there and they took pictures and they like painted half her face in Sharpie or whatever. And all the pictures got around the school and... There's, they show up in the Facebooks before she kills herself where they're like, she's like, my reputation will never be the same. Everybody oh, thinks I'm a slut, which is uh. all this stuff. And then she kills herself. And so those two guys, it, this, the movie was like being made as a real documentary and they're in it even though they cartoonize them because it was part of the thing. The, the parents did a civil suit after and they're like, we don't want your money. We want you to apologize and to never let this happen again to like, you know, girls and stuff. And it makes me think about Trump's America because this is a 17 year old guy where they all thought it was okay to get a drunk 14 year old girl super drunk and then rape her and the whole thing was like well she didn't say no Oh my she couldn't God. not and the in the policeman in that and it gets thrown out of court and everything and, and you hear the policeman and he's talking on the video and he's like well it's a tricky thing because you know she didn't not give consent it, like it's yes. consent wasn't what? even a thing it was like it, but they blamed the girl and they ended up having to move towns because it became this big thing once the guys got off and they're like she's a liar she's a slut and a liar but there were people that had video of it the whole town was against her because these were like the football guys and it's just it's really sad though and that's what's going to happen in trump's america we've already we've already had a problem with the subjugation of women we've already we know that rape is a political and and a power statement and that that poor girl was raped and uh 
and then the guys got off. So what does that what does that teach them that you can get away with it? A, if you have enough money or enough power, and B, you can do that to women anyways. I mean, we can just grab women by the pussy now. It's not a problem. Well, like mean, she's oh she's passed out. Well, that's her problem. Well, I I'm, mean, we have a bunch of Brock Turners that are walking around. I mean. Yeah. That you know, six months ain't shit. You know. Yeah. You know, it's it's Re- released from jail after three months. Oh, excuse me, you're right, three months. Yeah, yeah released from jail after six. six. He only said right. three. The Stanford uh, University swimmer bowed his head as he rushed past a bunch of. Uh, it's. <sighs> That's the kind of society, the sick, disgusting society that we live in. Yeah. Yep. You know, these are mothers and daughters and sisters and aunts. These are, you know, women are people who give birth and life, and this is how we're treated. You know. Well, it just, I no mean, justice it, for our bodies. Right. We're right. Or that property. Exactly. And that's the thing that's terrible is that when people feel that they can overpower you, either overpower you or I really think the drunk thing it's a 14 year old girl cannot, the, the, the blame cannot be put on her because she's drunk Absolutely no. No. she's experimenting, there's things happen I mean how much can you, I mean God, I didn't that's drink when I was 14 but if you have like you know, but that's the, a couple that's the classic, sips it's, that's the classic excuse for a lot of like um, you know, a lot of the court cases used for the fact of, well, she was intoxicated. That is the classic excuse. Just because she was intoxicated does not give anyone the right to be violated. Right. No. Point blank. Just, or what she was wearing. That's right, right, these right, are all right, the right, classic right, right. cases of, well, she was dot, 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 something. Yeah. You know. She asked for it. Uh, armed protesters outside the house of Brock Turner's parents castrate rapists. Do you guys think we should castrate rapists? Yes. <gasps> that was another movie that I saw on the Netflix. It shapes everything. It was a movie with Hard uh, Candy? Yes. Oh, hard God. Candy. I have a story about Hard that. Candy. Tell us. Okay. Hard candy. First give a little synopsis so people so, know what so it's about. So the movie Hard Candy stars uh, Ellen Page and that guy Page. who's in every like the horror movie now. What yeah. is that guy's name? I, I have no idea. Know. He shows up in like all the Amityville stuff and all that. Yeah, he's just that guy and you're always like oh it's that guy. With the glasses. Yeah. He's that guy. Well anyway you know how he looks like you know, a little bit like a pedo. Well, that's his character in this movie is a pedophile <laughs> who's trying to uh, uh, lure Ellen Page to his house to uh, take advantage of her. But lo and behold, Ellen Page is actually the predator yes. because she has a plan to castrate him. Uh, and so I'm watching this movie, and I've seen this movie before. I saw it when I was in when it first came out, and I was in college. Awesome. Oh wow! And. Uh, it got to that scene, but I was watching it with this girl I was trying to impress. Oh. <laughs> so we're sitting on my couch, right, Snuggling. watching this movie. And the thing is, oh. I studied film. I know how this whole shot's composed and everything that's going on. And I still, for some odd reason, had this body reaction. It was probably because I did a whole bunch of edibles beforehand. Right. Where I reacted like it was actually happening. Oh. And I went into shock. <gasps> And fainted and passed out <laughs> and came to in a pool of my own sweat going, what, what happened? And, and she's just looking at me and I was like, yeah, if you want to go, that's cool. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she went. And she went. She left. She oh, left. She left. Oh, but because I, you I, passed I, out. That's... Well, no, and I, I give it to her. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't stick around for that either. I mean, <laughs> you know. There was no ass 
No. Because of watching Hard Candy. No. If, a, as there shouldn't be. No, no I know. <laughs> I, if you would have gotten to the end of that, at the end of that movie, I mean, how do you even... Yeah, how do you transition How do you transition into sexy time? I'm sorry, I laughed, and I thought of Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. And I was just like... And I, I kind of cheered because I was just like, I was one of those people. I thank God I watched it at home. But I was just like, that's what you get, you fucking rapist. I, was, I just had this moment of relief. Like, yeah, that's what you. Well, and once you find out that he was really implicated in the thing yeah. that she was accusing him of, I was like, yeah, yeah, kill that guy. Yeah, it, it, it was a <laughs> Chop very, that dude. But it, it was very it, interesting it, movie. It, and it was interesting in a storyteller perspective yes, where yes. you and you believe him and don't believe and when you yeah, think she's it crazy, ambiguous. it was very ambiguous. Yeah. And they, they keep switching sides where you feel you feel for him. You feel yeah for you feel for him and then you don't and yeah. and uh, that all happens. This is very sad what uh, Brock Turner's father said, and this makes me angry. Let me do a poor. His life will never be the one he dreamed about and worked so hard to achieve. Dan A. Turner wrote a letter arguing that his son should receive probation, not jail time. That is a steep price to pay for 20 minutes of action out of his 20 plus years of life. Action? I hate that. You are the reason that he raped her. The father should be the one that should go to jail. Because if you are calling rape action as if it's a sexual, like, like it's just another sexual conquest for your son, because that's where his self worth comes from, being a strong athlete and And fucking girls. I mean, it's, who said it was 20 minutes? He will never be his happy-go-lucky self again with an easygoing personality and a welcoming smile. Oh, because yeah, he's, he's a, a registered re- sex offender he's now. He's a rapist wow. now. Wow. Yeah, they, uh, he moved back to Ohio. I believe that's where um, yeah. his family's from. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is just like, so now he has a scarlet letter. Boo. Good for it. You're not. That's what you get when you rape people. When you rape people or when you kill people. That's what happens. We tell you. He needs to get more jail time. Yeah. I just. He needs to get raped in prison. You know what? (laughs) You know what? That's. Fitting punishment for the crime. Exactly. You know, I should. Oh, you mean you're not a person? You mean your body was taken from you by someone without your permission? (gasps) Oh, my gosh. And and that's so awful for you. That's probably why he got the short release. I bet you he was getting ass threats in prison. I hope so. They probably were like, so you like to rape women, huh? <laughs> you know, because a lot of, from what I hear, this is jail talk. From what I hear, a lot of inmates don't like women beaters and rapists. So those are two, those are the guys that they usually go after. And kid touchers. Yeah. And oh yeah, and petties. Yeah. They don't like petties. Oh, you've heard this jail talk before too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they would probably try to get up into some Brock and they're like, oh, we here we go. Out. I put it in. I put it into our Google and I said, prisoners don't like and the first thing <laughs> came up was child killers mm. high five prisoners yeah. don't Gay society <laughs> okay so um yeah prisoners don't like child killers <laughs> ex-con reveals exactly what happened to child abusers in jail Ooh. <laughs> now oh. we're turning into oh the dark. Page, yeah. yeah pretty dark um ex-cons reveal exactly what happens to child abusers in prison Popular culture and TV and movies tell us, often with glee, that child abusers and rapists have a pretty hard time in prison. (laughs) But by hard time, I mean they have to be protected and segregated from general population by prison staff to avoid pretty serious physical abuse and attacks from other inmates. The story goes that prisoners code say they have to group hate all sex offenders and attack them when possible. But just how true is that in real life? A Reddit user called Goodnight Spoon 
Good night, Spoon. Uh, asked that question and got some revealing answers and stories from ex-cons. User Dusted Nuggets gave a pretty harrowing account. Sorry. Yeah, it's great. We're trying to get serious. Dusted Nuggets and Good Night Spoon. <laughs> a pretty, pretty harrowing account of his experience in a high security prison and a pretty nasty beating he witnessed. I was just in another. Right, I was just in a high security felony wing of jail, waiting for extradition to another state. Not in prison at the time. Well, the few that came in were told to go to SAG or get their fucking heads busted every day till they did. The one dude came in and refused to leave, was yelled at, spit on, and threatened until everyone had enough. Three dudes ran up in his cell and threw him the most vicious beating you can imagine. All right, you were listening to a vintage AltaCast slash Some Call Me Tim here on MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. And LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, is in the studio live and has a special guest interview today. Uh, she has an exciting party event this Sunday where she'll be DJing and... We're going to tell you all about it. We've got Joelle in studio. We've got LaToya setting up the Insta cam grams and, and all that kind of stuff. And we are streaming live. So thanks for listening to a vintage 2017 episode. And we had Arden there. And it's, I almost wore my Arden sweatshirt today, but I didn't. Um, but yeah, LaToya, come tell us all about the amazing event that you're a part of and what's going on and what it's for and all that stuff. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry. Multitasking. Multitasking. Pulling the back the, back the, what's it oh, called? The veil. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Pam. Yeah, so today we have a very special guest. And he's a very special chef, and I know him from my neighborhood, and he's amazing. And so this Sunday, he is having uh, Chef Joel Brazos. Did I say it right? Yes. Ah, yay, that's him. Oh, yeah. Come closer to the mic. There you go. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Talking all soft. So this Sunday um, at uh, Word Cafe, he is having a pop-up. And it's going to be a, a Latin cuisine pop-up. And so that's going to be from noon to uh, 3 p.m., Sunday the 12th. And then I'm going to be DJing. And there will be food and drink. Everything all together will be $35. Wow, that's a deal. Yeah, it is yes. a deal. Yeah. From noon until when? Three. From noon to three. Three. Sweet. And Chef Joel, who is his artistry, who he's bringing to the neighborhood, I'm going to introduce you guys to him. So, uh, hi, Chef. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. So, uh, so what made you start wanting to do the pop-up? And you know, I know, I know your food already, but yes. tell the rest of the podcast world. Yeah. Well, I'm from Dominican Republic. You oh, know, cool. um, uh, my idea was to bring something Latin to our neighborhood. So this is our Latin fiesta. It will be from twelve to three. All you can eat, all you can drink, and all you can dance. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what kind of food is, I mean, so 
Isso. Dominican food is what does it consist of? Is it like plantains? plantains is it okay. seafood, Ooh. rice and beans? Yeah. Um, sweet po- sweet potatoes fry. But in this occasion, we're going to make like a fusion between Cuban. Uh, we do have some empanadas too Ooh. because also we know that you know in, in San Francisco we have diversity, and we want to bring some uh, vegan. Some, uh, vegan stuff too. Yeah, so it's that. an all-you-can-eat and vegans can be there too. Exactly. Wow. We are vegan yeah. friendly. Vegan friendly. <laughs> awesome. And so, what is the uh, what is on the menu for this weekend, Chef? Well, we have a Cuban ropa vieja. That's the you know it's traditional uh, Cuban stew that we come with uh, rice and beans, yellow plantain, yeah. fry of course, and we will have uh, like uh, six type of empanadas. And we're going to make like a vegan empanadas, gluten-free. Wow. How yeah. do you make a gluten-free empanada? Well, with corn flour. Oh, wow. Or rice flour, too. Sure. So in this case, we're going to use corn flour because we have large community of Mexican and Central American, oh. and they love corn. Sure. It's like a tortilla <laughs> or like a, a masa tortilla. base. Yeah. It's, and it's that just makes it gluten-free. It will be crispy and very juicy, you know, because oh, the wow. corn keep all the juice inside the empanadas. Rad. That's awesome. Ooh, I'm hungry already. Yeah. <laughs> I just never thought uh, it's so smart to do gluten-free. It is San Francisco. Like, everyone's right. a vegan or they're yeah. gluten-free yeah. or they're d- yeah, dairy-free we... or doing whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we try to be inclusive, you know? That's we great. try to uh, have a place for everybody. Sure. Everyone yeah. can come have their comida. And... <laughs> and what kind of dancing are we talking about? Well, depending on, well, of course, I'm going to play, of course, it, you know, I got to play some of my Latin Caribbean style music or what have you. Yeah, you know, I got to throw in some Sierra Cruz and some Hector Lavo, old school. Um, and then I might surprise people and it might just might turn into a dance party, Ooh, knowing how I am. Sure, absolutely. So the food and the fun and the drinks. And what? Is, where is Word Cafe located? Um, Third Street. Third Street. Oh, so Third it's easy Street. by the Muni. You can just take yeah, the. Just in from Muni. Awesome. From the Muni station. Exactly, right off the, uh, it's the T train. The T line, yeah. yeah. Drops you right off in front. What was the cross streets, just so that we can give people some idea? Uh, it'll be, uh, what, Bayview? Uh, yeah, one side the, the library is Bayview, and the other side is Chapter. Ch- okay. Yeah. Exactly. See, he knows. T line, just <laughs> the T line. Word Cafe. Word Cafe. It's, word word it's our place, yeah, it's yeah. a Latin place, yeah. And it's going to be upstairs. In the private party. In the private party room, yeah. That's cool. So it's going to be kind of exclusive, the VIP. How did how did you get um how did you move to the Bayview? Where did you come from? I mean, obviously Dominican Republic, but what what's your history? Well, I why well, I, I moved to Argentina Ooh. to to study uh, culinary arts. Cool. Uh, I did not move right away because I did not have enough money to move directly. Sure. So what I do, what I did was I moved to Peru. Oh, cool. And from Peru, I worked a little bit over there. Yeah. And I was moving forward to Chile first, and from Chile to Mendoza, Argentina, and to Mendoza to Buenos Aires. And it took me around three months. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Together. And I spent seven years living there. Wow. And I, you know, I learned a lot of things about cooking. And, sure. You know, but I always knew that this is the place for chef. San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. San Francisco, you know, people from everywhere, you know, the French Laundry is Ooh, in California. Yeah, the French Laundry. You know, many great restaurants, um, many entrepreneurs, you know, chefs that work in Michelin star restaurants and open their small place 
the, the small restaurant for for people. Sure. And I wanna I wanna be here. And I wanna be one of those guys. Yeah. So I moved from Argentina to to here to San Francisco. And did you start your own pop up? Have you just been doing your own pop up or what? What no, kitchens have you worked of in? Of course. What, not. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I have been working in in many restaurants clubs. Um, and of course, when I came here, I didn't speak any English. Wow. So uh, it took me like a couple of years to have this broken English that I have now. Your English is amazing. <laughs> I think your English is yeah. Great. And yeah, and I went to City College and I, I studied food service management. Cool. And I just finished uh, a year and a half ago. Wow. And when I just finished, I started uh, an internship at Google. And that was in February. And in March, you know what happened, right? Kobe. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, I stopped my uh, my internship and all my plans. And, you know, the people from Work Cafe uh, laying off this place. And we had this idea. And we went to see what happened. Yeah. Yeah. How'd Congratulations. How did you fall in love with cooking? How? How? Small. Very little. I was a leader and my mother um, cooked for all the uh, construction workers outside my house. Oh. And I was there, you know, hanging spices, you know. I'm doing what I can do at that time. Yeah. yeah. You have some uh, family recipes that you usually present to people. I will. Yeah, I will have some of those. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing to cook? Seafood. Seafood. Yes. Yeah, I'm from the Caribbean. Oh, it's an sure. island, right? Right. Yeah. So shrimps, lobsters. Yeah. This is my. This is my mussels, clams. Oh, yeah. My yeah. By the way, I have all my recipes also in my YouTube channel. You give them away? Why don't do it? Keep them in your head. What are you doing? His YouTube channel is I have awesome. It's my, it's my uh, I have all my favorite recipes awesome. in my YouTube channel. Yeah. And what's it? Can you explain it for the whole audience? Tell tell them where they can find it. Yeah, I have it. Well, since uh, I moved, to, I lived in Argentina for many years, and on my way until I came to the United States, I met a lot of people in that period. Yeah. So those people allowed me. We create this YouTube channel. So I have people from Argentina, I have people from Peru, I have people from Mexico, all my friends, people from in Europe now, and people from Dominican Republic that live in North Carolina or New York, and we all combine create a YouTube channel. Oh, so cool! Yeah, I, wh what's it called? What's Where it? is it? It's a, a Bicers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna type it in right now and look for it. We can actually even. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. That would be amazing. Yeah. I like your themes too. I've been uh, uh, sharing your YouTube channel to a lot of people and then uh a lot of people have been like who is this what is this yeah uh Bazaar's culinary academy b-a-i-s-e-r-s culinary academy and then the first one's gonna be the big kahuna burger yeah we do from the movies too Yeah, we we have a section called from the movies, uh -huh. where we uh, recreate, uh, you know, recipes that that we love from different movies. You know, we have a Willy Wonka, Gordon oh, Ed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are, we're working. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> fun. It's a fun channel too. It's very fun. He doesn't make it boring at all, oh, you guys. Duck. You do duck. Yeah. You know, duck is so hard to cook. I always worry that I'm going to overcook it or that it's going to be gamey. I never know what to do. And I can never find it fresh. I can only find it frozen, and it's the well, whole that's duck. Well, that's Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's frozen almost all the way. Oh, well, but okay. But no, don't, don't be, don't be uh, worried about overcooked. 
what you have to do is uh, have a cold so tepan put the breast uh skin side down in a cold in pan? a cold it should be cold because what you want to do is to take all the fat from the skin mm. and this is the 80 percent of cooked uh, duck breast so after you just take all the fat out of course you drain the fat uh -huh. and you turn it and you cook four five minutes three minutes no more than that and you and that will be pink inside all right and crispy and the skin gets super crisp because super you crispy. this is what you want right exactly yeah. but if you start with a cold pan i've never started with a cold pan that's what you have to do that's what you have to do because wow. if you start with a hot pan you're going to sear you sear it yeah and all the fat will be inside and what the fat do with your palate is you cannot taste anything oh. when your food is very fatty you taste papillas papillas you say in spanish doesn't feel anything so it takes the flavor out take the flavor out it's like a you know it's, it's like so a smart neutral, neutralized because you you render the fat out but then the fat is there so it can't stick to the pan because there's so much fat sitting there exactly. and that's what makes it super crispy and then you drain it because you, you don't want to like poach it in fat no. although isn't don't confit is when you do like poach it in fat right yeah but it's different it's because don't confit have all the fibers Ah, you know, and need all the all this fat, but the breast is just lean. Meat. Right, 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 because it's the leg that the you leg. do you the, the confit. Oh. The, the dog walk a lot and have muscles, yeah. and you need and muscle is not fat; it's just right. muscles. Right. So this is what you do, what you need to do. All, all right. right, thank proper. you. Oh my god! By the way, I have a recipe there. So you, if you, you have, if you have three minutes, if you have three minutes in my channel, please watch it. Well, and you can save the rendered fat and do something else with yes. it. You can cook you are, your you plantains a, in it, or you cook or you your. You have fries. a Peruvian potatoes. The Ooh. one that cover different colors. Yeah. You simmer for six minutes, cut it in half, and slowly cooking in this. Fat. Wow. Oh my god, that actually sounds so and good. And then it get, they get crispy too, but crispy then they're already too, a little bit of rosemary, a little bit of oh. uh, kosher salt, a little bit of garlic, and you will have a perfect, perfect potato. Well, the two things that you've said to me were first that I'm like, well, that <laughs> as I I don't usually par cook my potatoes. So that makes a huge difference. A huge difference because inside will be like, not, not, a, not, not like a puree. But will be like a soft yeah. and inside crispy. Oh, and when yeah, you have this so explosion good. in your mouth, yeah. you know, crispy outside and soft inside, that tastes very good. Yeah, this does taste it's very good. You don't <laughs> anything good. tastes good with duck fat. I've always been intimidated to cook duck. I just because I know it can be complicated or what have you. But is it easy? It's easier to cook the duck breast, or well, uh, it's, it's, a, it's about time. Because Patience. the leg takes around twelve hours. Okay. You know. Right. And the the breast is no more than fifteen minutes. Sure, sure, oh, okay. sure. And yeah. then, uh, and I've always, if when I do a whole duck, it never works out either because then, it just Over when you roast it and the oven, everything's overcooked. Yeah. When yeah. the legs are done, but then the legs aren't done enough, or they are, but then it's like. Like yeah. you said, stringy, but then to have the breast. So I need to debone the buck. I need to debone well, the duck. You also can, some, what, people, what some people do is uh, they cover the, leg, the, the breast. Mm -hmm. You know, they put bacon, they put foil. Uh, um, sure. So the heat is more concentrated in the leg. Okay. And when you, it's mostly ready, you take out this and finish to cook it the, the bread. Right. The breast. That's what you can do. Okay. But, you know, taking out, taking just a Peking duck, mm -hmm. I I don't don't cook a whole duck. 
together because right. I know that the cooking times are different for the leg and for the breast. Sure. So what I, I, I cook my, my, my thing and cook it in different. Yeah. And I extract all the fat and save it. You know, mm-hmm. I always have fat in the refrigerator. You know, sometimes I need just one spoon for sure. some potatoes or for something else. I have some broccoli with fat. Ooh, it's very good Brussels too. Sprouts. Sure, Brussels sure, sprouts. Sure, 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 oh, sure. It's just amazing. Um, and you save it over there, you know. I you just have want like duck a, fat. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, well, no, oh, I mean, because it's so versatile. Yeah. Like you get with duck fat, like even with, you know, you may destroy your vegetables, but the flavor is going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I he actually about a month ago did a little mini pop up with a seafood paella, which was amazing. And you're, that was like some of the best looking seafood that I had seen in so long. Yeah. And, you know, I saw like he had people watching and what have you and kind of learning the process. So like my my question is, where the heck did you get your seafood? Where? (laughs) In the Chinese market in Mission. Mission and 22nd. Okay. Yeah, uh, Sun Fat. It's called Sun Fat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's on, the best. Yeah. They have all their clams and stuff in the water that the water rolls yeah. over them. And, yeah. right. and they've got, um, they've got oysters. Everything's live too. And they'll even, if you buy mussels, they'll check them off for you to make sure that they're alive. Cause you have to, if mussels are dead, they taste gross, mm-hmm. which is, I think why the Jews don't eat shellfish. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> but, right. Cause if they, cause if you don't have refrigeration, even if you have refrigeration, but once they're dead, they're dead and they're yeah. done. They're, they're, don't eat it. Don't please. eat it. Don't eat a dead. Yeah. And so you, you they touch it. You touch them, and they either close, yeah. which means they're still alive. Yeah. And That's if right. they don't, you it's don't. You yeah, don't you want don't that. eat those. No, right. no. Yeah. By the way, uh, sorry to speak about my YouTube channel, but I, I did a Chopino like a week ago. Yeah, I saw Chopino. And um, oh. the person who sell the the seafood over there have a small. A collaboration with me in the video. Uh-huh. He's selecting the, oh, the seafood that's that he likes in the video too. That's great. Uh, yeah. We can uh, watch that one. They are very good. The, the seafood is very fresh. Yeah. And the prices are good. Yeah, and they take food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> so they do. They're amazing. Okay, that's they, good. They do. They do. <laughs> I've gotten lobster. No, seriously. But that's the thing. He's is, like a king and a queen. When you, when you get a live lobster, so people will often say, oh, you're on food stamps and you don't. But if you know how to cook, lobster, at that, sometimes they have it for nine ninety nine a pound, mm-hmm. which is cheaper than steak, which is cheaper than most things. And the price of pork is going yeah. up. Right. So it's not. And if you know what you're doing with a lobster, there's a lot there. Like you don't throw the shells away. You no, make you a don't. stock out of the shells. Yeah. And also why you have to eat fat foods with a food stamp. You can eat, you can eat good stuff, you know, and you eat good food and you think better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, like, cause like the price of meat is going up and what have you. Cause I even noticed that going to the store today. So I promised myself to eat more seafood, Yeah. you know, and especially since we're in stew and soup season, um, I've never made a chapino. Well, if you don't know how to do it, (laughs) I you know where, where to go now. Um, I've always wanted to, like, I usually make a gumbo or a jambalaya. Yes. Yeah. That I, I can throw down on. Yeah. Yeah. This is, an, this is another thing that, that I am preparing for the future is about how, uh, the people from Dominican Republic, Brazil, and people from the South that are from African descent, mm-hmm. we, have, we have, we have the same food. Oh, it's yeah. just different name, but we have something that is very similar to gumbo. 
Huh. They have something very similar to jambalaya. Right. And we have, it's almost the same food. The only thing that changed is the name. Interesting. So it's a rice-based dish. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, we we a bunch of pages, peppers, bunch of onions, yeah. something like that, seafood. Uh, and seafood sure. or chicken or sausage or right. you know, and it's like the, paella. But that's Spanish. That's, but that's the or same. Or like mofongo. It, mofongo, yeah, mofongo is that. It's a chicharrón with plantains. Yeah. So I am preparing a series of videos called Similarities. Yeah. And we're going to go to. Brazil, we want to go to South, Louisiana, New Orleans, Cuba, Dominican Republic, Haiti, and we're going to connect all this food with East Africa. Sure. Whoa. History. See, like and Morocco and stuff? Yeah, to see how things work. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, they, they just bring the recipe here. Right. And we, they cook with the ingredients that they found in America. Okay. And so when I say American, I say the, the American continent. Yeah. <laughs> the Americas. The Americas. It's the soup that's the so it's like a gumbo is thickened with okra. Yes. But what is molondron some... in, in Spanish and we use that a lot. And really, there's okra down there too. Yeah, yeah. Molondron mm -hmm. is part of the food over there. Yeah. Rice and beans part of the food. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean rice and beans, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah we have a, our type of jambolaya called locro over there. Huh. Locrio, yeah. We have all this. It's very similar. So I, I would like to know where this food came from. It's from Nigeria? It's from Kenya? Sure. Is where it from Sierra Leone? Yeah. Exactly. Where, was where those, you know, um, you can track where our people came from wow. through food. Wow. That's how important food is. Like it traces back to, I guess, home. Well, and something that we on i guess all of us in the diaspora do eat the same thing but like you said with the different name different name um, different kind of beans maybe and different <laughs> di and uh, different fat too because yeah. you're not using a bunch of butter because you no. don't have access to cow if you had a cow no i mean where they're cow you look at something not any african dish hot milk or any milk uh dairy bait right sure yeah no if we we uh, it's coconut Oil is fat, right? You know, pork fat or any any type of fat, but any or any African dish has cheese. Uh -huh. You won't see that. No cows. Well, you don't see you don't see cheese in Chinese either. Like no, right? there's no. People. No, it's yeah. just Europe. Yeah, yeah. it's Europe. just Europe. Because the Japanese don't eat cheese. Yeah, a lot of Asians and Africans I'll, don't. Uh, they don't eat yeah. cheese. I'll, 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 we are many, many African are lacto intolerance. Exactly. <gasps> The Indians eat cheese. They make their own. They make the cheese. They've got the paneer. Yeah. But they do different things because they don't eat the cow. They befriend the cow. Yeah. And they eat the cow stuff, the cheese and the milk, but not yeah. the actual cow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why? Why was? Why were they? Why was no one making butter? Was it too wasteful? Lack of cows. Lack of cows. Lack of cows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think too many but, cows but, could really buffalo? survive in that climate either. No. Well, okay, so we just goat, different kind of farming. Like now I love some goat. Do you do goat? Do you? <laughs> yeah, I goat? love goat. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. the goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Birria. Yeah. No, is that what it's called? Birria. It's a, yes, a, it's a Mexican dish, right? Right. What's that? I, that I love it. Yeah. What's the? Do Dominicans eat a lot of? Uh, we do. We have some goat? stew. Yeah, okay. some goat stew. Yeah, yeah. Not many. We have a, the traditional stew from Dominican Republic. Is sancocho. It's not from Dominican Republic. Huh. Again, it's everywhere <laughs> with different names. Sure. But, but all the Latin American countries uh, call this sancocho. It's an stew that is thickened with pumpkin. Oh, wow. Had goat, had pork, had chicken. 
Huh? Yeah. With pumpkin. If I'm pumpkin, it's the thickened uh, agent. That's so right. It's, it's oh cooked in gosh. kitchen. And it's just, it's just delicious. It's very, it's very good. In Argentina, it's all cow, right? Everything's Argentinian cow. Argentinian is a, is a, it's a type of European diet. Okay. Cow, pizza, pastas. Uh, it's, it's, really? It's really good food. Yeah. Yeah. How? See, no. Wine. Good wine from oh, Argentina. Oh, heck yeah. It's so you would, you but you would equate Argentina to be more of a, well, the, that's what the, the Germans went there after World War Two. And exactly. Italians, and Italians, and the Ita- Many Italians. What? That's why I was gonna say pizza, like, yeah, pizza, yeah. pasta, gnocchis. Wow! In every, Argentina, every twenty nine, they uh, it's a tradition to eat gnocchi over there. Gnocchi. Wow, I love gnocchi. Yeah, it's be- it's because they say uh, the gnocchis are the people who work in the government. But they never work. They just get the salary. And they, <laughs> and, and they get a salary on the 29. And they uh, call this the gnocchi of the 29. Wow. <laughs> yeah. For Argentina, it's a great country. It's, a, it's a, amazing food, amazing people. Um, the wine is just great. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the view, you know, the culture, the tango. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful country. Awesome. I really enjoy the seven years I, I spent over there. Yeah. And then with the Peruvian, so you're also getting out some of the indigenous. Yeah, the Peru, yeah, Peru yeah. have a great uh, seafood and fish culture too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, 3,000 3, type of potatoes they have over there. Oh. You know, the potatoes come from, from there, yeah. from Peru and Bolivia, you know, the mountain. So they have, a, every, they have everything there. Wow. Yeah, the pisco. <laughs> it's like a, the grappa. Okay. Made with the... With the uh, White grapes. Uh, and pisco. They, yeah, pisco. I made the pisco sour too. They have some wine too, but it's too north sure. to have a good wine. Right. Like Argentinian have in the in the south. Right, or, right. Or Americans, you know, here in the north. Sure. Climate. The climate, you know. If you are in the middle, you have mostly coconut and flavor and, you know, and Latin spirit, but not wine. But not wine. <laughs> but no, Mexico's doing wine now. They do, yeah. They're st- I've seen uh, Baja California, they've been doing a lot of different... Yeah. But because they have the the altitude, uh, not because the the where they are located geographically. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Have you hit uh, Central America yet? Not yet. Not yet. Or like Belize? To... Not yet. No. They say the Belize the Belizeans uh, are very similar to us. Yeah. Or Jamaicans because they are only I think the in Central America mm-hmm. they have a, the large African community. Oh yeah, like in Honduras. I got a couple friends from Panama and Honduras. Yeah. yeah. Panama too. Yeah. El Salvador just moved to an all Bitcoin economy. They did. What? They did. Yeah. El Salvador is Bitcoin everywhere. They're no like way. they're like the future. Yeah. yeah. They're ahead of the game. They're way ahead. Yeah. They have a, a progressive president, very young. He has my age. He's forty years old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the president. He is a guy who think ahead. He think the Bitcoin going to improve their economy. You know, because they had a dollar over there. Yeah. You know, right. and they cannot print dollar because the dollar is the, right. the well, currency of the United States. And the, yeah, and the and the dollars are stupid. They're tied to oil, and they're not. Not yeah. They're not tied to gold. They're they're petrodollar, and they're all the terrible things we did. But they're so progressive in El Salvador. Yeah. yeah. They're all Bitcoin, and you're allowed to become an El Salvadorian. You can move there right now if you want, but you have to pay them and three Bitcoin, like, uh, which like, is like one hundred forty thousand dollars. And you can have like uh, uh, cyber. Um, Citizen. Mm-hmm. When you go online and you sign, and you can have this too. You get yeah, you get to be a citizen, yeah. but you te- it costs three Bitcoin. 
So they're really to trying it. to get people to come. And Hell move. Yeah. 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 That's actually, especially what this country did to that part of the world. Well, and a lot of people actually have, they've, three Bitcoin to them really isn't anything because they got in so early and why not move to El Salvador? That sounds great. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Check I would love to live on the beach in some, you know, gorgeous tropical blue, 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 blue water. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. And like untouched by all our like capitalist bullshit, or maybe it's not, I don't know. I don't know what the rest of the world is like. Yeah. But you know, San Francisco is, very nice. It's very nice. San Francisco is a very nice place to be. So this Sunday, how long does it take you to prepare for one of these pop-ups? Well, uh, so you're already s- cooking beans right now. No, for no, Sunday. No. Every, everything, everything will be fresh. Well, of course, but still, like if you're you're doing beans, you're gonna take your beans and soak them uh, yeah, and do all that night, kind of. Yeah, on, on Saturday night, I went to the beans will be soaking overnight. All right. Uh, um, the next day, I went to start around eight thirty. Okay. Because the meat should be slowly, you know, Slow. it's only more time is in the pot more tender and um, at 12 11:45 we will be ready Brad. the beers will be very cold yes the mimosa will be running bottomless mimosas we're going to have some bloody marys some mojitos and some other surprise that you have to go there to see it <laughs> mojitos. <laughs> mojitos yeah that's my battle it's gonna cry be, it's gonna be fun you, i hope you come Pam. yeah noon to three I, well, I have to be here at two to press play but i can actually get someone to do that in my stead but noon to three off the T line at Word. the cross street was Chester. It was right before Bayview. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. yeah. From uh, at Word Cafe. Word Cafe. Word. Oh my hey, gosh. Cafe. And and I also have to say that his food is fabulous. It really is. I was glad that he asked me to do this pop up with him. You know, and especially the fact that he's bringing. A lot of, unfortunately, a lot of us um, here of the diaspora here and uh, African Americans don't know about some of the, that we all share the same kind of food. So it's actually just kind of like, it's also, it's about food, but it's also a history lesson about us of the diaspora and how we connect. So I like the fact that he's bringing that to the neighborhood. Yeah. Because it's not just about chicken and wings and greens, (laughs) y'all. We have other foods. We have other foods for sure. Um. Do you allow me to give the sad address of Work Cafe? Do what? Yeah, yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a five one one four Third Street, San Francisco, California. All right. Word. And Word Cafe, and then also, we're possibly going to be maybe in the next year. We'll probably be doing another one. Cool. Probably like. Uh, Martin Luther King weekend so that way people can get intoxicated (laughs) (laughs) since they don't have to work it'll be fun it'll be great you know I'm really excited I am really excited I am excited too too. I'm talking to you about your food I'm like oh my god she cooks her ass off too I like so she loves to cook as well I'm more of a baker though I, oh, I, I bake. That's great. Yeah, I'm a... That's challenging, girl. I, I love it. I, I make candy. I make a lot of candy. Mm-hmm. But it all has weed in it, so <laughs> it's it's different. That's. But, but that's, yeah. a, that's oh, a whole science no. in it. We had, we had to talk offline. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, I'm all... Um, I, I would have turned this place into a... Um, like a, a ba- have I would sell baked goods with weed in it, but we have a school that's less than 400 feet away, so it's one of the rules in San Francisco that you can't. You can't have a dispensary or any 
place that sells it's close to it yeah that close to a school bars too can't be bars. a bar so that's why the closest bar is asiento so if this place ever even wanted to try to do we can't we can't ever get the permitting for it because uh, of the schools school zone yeah you can't uh not, not allowed to have it's so silly because it's like 401 feet fine <laughs> 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 Under 400 feet, not okay. In other words, if we were further down at that corner, yeah, we'd be fine. We'd be okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, that's okay. She, she's really good about uh, baking with cannabis and yeah, stuff. I really good. appreciate it. Like, she's like the mixed fields of weed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, let's um, for the radio listening audience, we'll play this um, awesome off your YouTube channel, and everyone needs to to look look it up. It's B A I S E R S Bazers culinary academy and we've got chapino a san francisco classic we need to get you some more views on this heck oh, yeah thank you very much. start sharing some Just to prove you too. Come on and cry me a river. You cry me a river. I cry a river. Hola, gente linda de la comunidad latina de acá de San Francisco, California. Este domingo. De 12 a 3 tenemos un rumbón latino en World Cafe, en Bayview District. Estamos ubicados en la calle Tercera, 5114, San Francisco, California. Si quieres pasar un rato en familia, un rato latino, un rato con buena comida, por favor acércate a World Cafe. Todo lo que puedas tomar, todo lo que puedas comer y todo lo que puedas bailar. Gracias. Hey, hey, bailar. <laughs>
at meanmeradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Let's watch I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of... <laughs> YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full-length movies. Let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next month. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Since 1971, the San Francisco Tenants Union has been fighting for the rights of tenants and for the preservation of affordable housing in San Francisco. Starting from the struggle for rent control in the 1970s, the Tenants Union has been the city's leading advocate for tenants. The Tenants Union is supported by membership and counseling donations, and this enables advocacy to be uncompromising and not influenced by pressures from government or other funders. It is a 501c4 since it campaigns for political candidates, so generally donations are not tax-deductible, although large donations may qualify. Please visit WFTU.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio, in San Francisco. Black, black plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM. Saturday. Noon to two. Every Saturday. All music. All night.
ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions we face when we decide to organize and speak out. Do we need a permit? Are there limitations? Or when or when can we not demonstrate? What about civil disobedience? For all of this information, please check out aclunc.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Alex! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives. To smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Mutinyradio.fm Why not make a donation? Mutinyradio.fm 
Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm. District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. 